What's up, church? This is what happens when you come out with some crazy illustrations every Sunday. It takes a little bit longer to get set up. Good to see you, Rock Church. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. God bless you. Good to be with you. How's everybody feeling? You feeling good? Excited to be in the house of the Lord today? I uh, want to welcome everybody. My name is Travis. I'm the campus pastor here at Rock Church Point Loma. Everybody that's joining us at one of our campuses, Rock Church Oahu, City Heights, El Cajon, San Marcos, Chula Vista, right here in the room and doing church anywhere and everywhere. Come on, put your hands together. Greet your neighbor. Say hello to your friend. Say hello to your extended family. Extended family. Uh, Sunday's my favorite day. I get to come hang out with all of you. Um, and I'm excited because we got a great word today. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us and encourage us and teach us something great. Can I get a good amen if you believe that? Amen. amen. Uh, I love the video that we just came out of, the marriage getaway. Marriage people, married people make some noise. It was like a half second delay. <laughs> you're, just, you're just checking, right? We're still good. Hey! Just checking, making sure you're still good. Married people, we have a marriage getaway in July. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to be there. Pastor Miles will be there, our, our spouses, and it should be just a blast. If you're married, please put that on the calendar. If you haven't been, make this the year that you go and invest in your marriage. I promise you, look up here. I promise you, you will come back home changed. Your marriage will come back renewed. You individually will come back refreshed. And if you're not married, you got two and a half months. Amen. Uh, Jesus, yes. Um, uh, next week, we are starting um, really just kind of a whole season of messages based on your responses from a survey that we took. Thank you for your participation in that survey. We got over 4,800 uh, responses. And we asked you, what are some topics, some hot topics that you want us to talk about from God's word, from the Bible? What, what do you want to hear um, about? What are the topics? And so you gave us five, six, seven hot topics. We're going to start with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the series is called We Need to Talk. And so we, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about these issues. We're going to start with three weeks on the Holy Spirit. And then on week four, we're going to go into, I believe it's Father's Day and then anxiety, depression. And then on and on and on to the break of dawn because we got some hot topics we need to talk about. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we need to talk. Right here. We need to talk. Um, today, I'm going to give what is sort of a standalone message. And I was inspired by um, one of the songs that we've been singing. It's become um, more and more an anthem for our, for our house. It's a song that our church wrote called No Other Name. And uh, it just talks about the name that is unlike any other name. His name is Jesus. And from that song, I've been praying through it. And God gave me a word that I want to preach to you today. And so would you pray with me as we lift up the name that is unlike any other name? Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. It's his name that we're speaking of. It's in his name that we've gathered. It's in his name that we pray. And we believe the spirit of God, Holy Spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in this room. It's with us right now. And so Holy Spirit, would you speak through me and teach us more and more about your son, Jesus and his words. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone shout it, amen. 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 Uh, when I was 12 years old, I memorized my first rap song. And I had a little cassette tape and cassette tapes for those that remember them and those that don't, when they would go funky, you had to pull out the tape and then roll them like this, roll them back. Okay, roll them back. Your fingers, still, your fingers hurt for a minute. You get a little flashback, right? 
you pull out the strings, you blow on them and kind of let it breathe and air out. And then you, you, round, you wound the tape back up and I would put it in my Walkman. Come on, you know nothing about a Walkman. A little Walkman, huh? Hey, Walkman and Pager Life, what? I put it in my Walkman. And the first rap song that I memorized was Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. Come on. And it started out with a little cowbell. Bink, bink, bing, 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 bing. Bink, bink, bing, 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 bing. And the piano, dun, 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 okay? Cowbell, piano, bink, bink, bing, 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 dun, 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 dun. And the bass would come in. Boom, 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 boom. I said a hip hop, a hippie, a hippie did the hip, hip, hip. Don't stop rocking to the bang, bang, boogie. Said up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be. Y'all got the first three lyrics and then messed me up. The hip hop, hippie, it's in my notes. <laughs> Y'all were excited. Then you just kind of fell off as we started getting a little faster. I remember that song and, and, and don't you love how people say, I can't memorize scripture, but you know all the songs to Tupac. Like you know all the lyrics to Biggie, but you don't know nothing about 1 Corinthians. You just, no, I don't, I don't know nothing. Uh, I knew that song, it's like a 12 minute song. I can probably say most of it today, but, but I, I don't have a photographic memory, but there are some things that I'm just better at memorizing. One of them is names. And one of my favorite things to do before service, and sometimes you'll see it if you're in the room here, and I like to go around and talk to you, introduce myself, how long you've been coming to church, what brought you here. I met my friend Josh for the first time today and say, Josh, how long have you been coming here? He said, oh, I've been coming here for a few months. And how'd you hear about us? My dad is a pastor for 30 years. He told me about it. But the most important part of the conversation for me, for me, is the moment that I say, hi, my name is Travis. Tell me your name. Because the moment that Josh says, my name is Josh, our relationship just went to a new level. I may see you, I may sit next to you, I may have been by you, I may have talked to you, but the moment that I know your name, everything's different. Everything changes. And today I wanna to bring you a message and speak from the message title, the name that's above every other name. The name is above every other name. If you got your Bibles with you, would you go to Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter eight, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John Acts. It's the fifth book in the New Testament. And it really is the story of the birth of the church. Acts chapter eight. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Acts chapter eight. And I'm gonna read from verses 26 to 35 and set up the story for you a little bit. There's a man who's traveled a very far distance to go worship God. But he leaves there, what I believe is a little bit confused, but still not clear on who he's worshiping. And then God sends a man named Philip to go and explain it to him, exactly what he's been reading, exactly what he's been hearing. So this is where we pick up in Acts chapter eight, verse 26 to 35. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, everybody say Philip. Philip. Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip, he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the money, all the treasury, of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man's pretty important. He's traveling, he's from Ethiopia, and he's been placed in charge of all the money of the kingdom of the queen of Ethiopia. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. What did he go do? He went to worship. 
and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip said? How can I, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in the chariot. And this is what the passage of scripture, the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, tell me, please, 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 Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? I thought he just went to worship. For some reason, he still doesn't get it. He's read God's word, he's been to the place, but for some reason he says, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about, come on, say it with me, Jesus. Tell me please, who's he talking about? Who did I go to worship? I was on my way, I came a long distance. I've been reading the scriptures, I've been at church. Who is it, tell me please? And Philip goes to tell him it's, the man Jesus in my heart breaks for this man. Let me break it down a little bit for you because this man was from Ethiopia and a lot of historians believe that that's, that's modern day Sudan, which would be around 1500 miles. And if you go, let's say five miles an hour by chariot, that's about a month long travel. It's a long journey to travel to a place. He goes to Jerusalem to go worship God. Why? Because the gospel hadn't yet gone out to the ends of the earth. Just a few chapters earlier, the book of Acts, Acts 1-8, Jesus says, wait, I'm, you're gonna get a gift. I'm going to heaven. It's better that I go because the gift's coming. The Holy Spirit, come back next week. The Holy Spirit, the spirit that rose me from the grave, the spirit of God, the power of God is gonna be in you. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, in fact, the Holy Spirit's in you for you, but on you for others. And when he comes on you, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They were all still in Jerusalem. They hadn't made it to Judea or Samaria or the ends of the earth. So the ends of the earth had to come to them. And so the Ethiopian made his way to Jerusalem. And there's a good chance though, because he's an Ethiopian eunuch. He didn't choose this life, that life chose him. But the Old Testament tells it that those individuals couldn't go into the temple. And so this man traveled 1500 miles, look up here, 1500 miles, just so he can sit on the outskirts of the temple and listen in. I couldn't go in, but I'm sitting there and I'm listening. What are they talking about? I came to worship, what are they, what are they doing? And maybe it's Peter, we don't know, it's not in the Bible, but maybe, use your imagination, maybe one of the apostles is preaching Jesus. And maybe they're preaching from Isaiah. And here's the preaching. This man has a desire to know God, but he has not yet met and has not yet heard the name that is above every other name, Jesus' name. And for a lot of people, maybe that's your experience. You know church. And your whole experience with God is limited to your experience with church. And God bless you for coming, but we gotta make sure that we don't confuse in church within Christ. Just because just I came today doesn't mean I'm in, I'm in Christ. Just because we, 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 don't, we don't pray just to pray, we don't sing just to sing, we don't give just to give, we don't 
worship just to worship. All of our worship points towards a name. You with me so far? All of our worship points towards one name. It's the name of Jesus. And the more you know the name of Jesus, the better your life gets. That the more that you know the name of Jesus, the more that depression and anxiety begins to fall off. The more that you know the name of Jesus, the more the pride and the anger begins to cease. The more that you know the name that's above every other name, his name's Jesus, life gets better. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that by faith. There's no other name. Life's better with Jesus. Life's better with Jesus. And so I was studying in anticipation for this message and I was looking at all the different names of Jesus. In fact, we can put those up and there's over a hundred different names and there's too many to teach. He's the second Adam, he's the advocate, he's almighty, he's alpha and the omega, he's amen, he's the apostle of our profession, he's the arm of the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, he's the author of eternal salvation, he's the beginning of creation of God, beloved son, blessed and only penitent branch, he's the bread of life, he's the captive of salvation, he's the chief shepherd, he's the Christ of God, consolation of Israel, cornerstone, counselor, creator, dayspring, on and on and on to the break of dawn. You can keep going because over 100 names of Jesus. There's no other name. There's too many names to teach. I want to teach you six. I'm going to give you six names, I think. If you know these names, whether you know Jesus, you've been walking with them your whole life, or maybe today's your first time, you're thinking, why are we all wearing stickers on our chest? I think this will change your life. Here's the first one. Jesus is the cornerstone. Number one. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's my foundation. That's what that means. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's my foundation. The neat thing about cornerstone, we see it all over the world, but we see it also in scripture and Psalms 118 verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. The psalmist is saying the world rejected Jesus. They, they crucified him, but it turns out that the saving of the entire world actually depends on Jesus being the cornerstone. And I don't know if you know this, but every bridge, every tower, every great cathedral, every great piece of archi architecture begins with a cornerstone. Any, any people in construction in the room today? Online, let us know in the chat. A few people, we got a few people in the room. A cornerstone. And, and, and all of these great structures, they begin with four cornerstones. And the entire building, in fact, this building that I'm standing in right now has the exact dimensions of the ark, Noah's ark. And it started with cornerstones. But there's one that begins before all the rest. That's the cornerstone that we're talking about. It's the chief cornerstone. And, and you line up the cornerstone so it's true and perfect. It goes this way and it goes that way. It goes this way and it goes that way. It's the chief cornerstone. What's that mean for me? Jesus is my chief cornerstone. Jesus is what I, I build my life on. He's the most important piece. Whatever I build my life in alignment with Jesus becomes true. If I build my marriage on Jesus, it's good. If I build my money on Jesus, it's good. If the decisions you make in college are built on Jesus, it'll be good and true. There's no other name like Jesus' name. We, we can't try to build our life on anything else besides the corners. You can't build it on influence. You can't build it on an IG followers. You get canceled anyways in six months from now, you're gonna say something stupid. You can't build it on money. You can't build it on your good looks because gravity is undefeated. 
It's just like, shh. Telling you. There's no other name like Jesus' name. He's the cornerstone. I'm going to go fast because I got six points. Here's number two. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is my cornerstone, my foundation, and Jesus is the good shepherd. Why is he the good shepherd? Because I want him to be my leader. Everyone needs a shepherd. In fact, everybody has a shepherd, but is Jesus your good shepherd? John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep what? They know me. The job of a shepherd is to lead and to feed. That's the job of, of a shepherd. That, that's my job as a pastor, as a shepherd, is to help lead and feed. Lead from plane to plane, from season to season, and to feed you on God's word. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus knows you personally, and he wants you to know him. Why? So he can lead you, so he can feed you, so you'll follow him when, you, when, when he calls you. Last October, my daughter, it was her birthday, and for her birthday, she wanted a dog, and so we bought a French bulldog. It's our second French bulldog in 10 years. We gave our first one to my brother-in-law. That should have been a hint to not buy another one. <laughs> you know what French bulldogs do? Everything but listen. <laughs> Everything but follow. Okay, they, they got gas, they'll clear a room. <laughs> they sound like pigs. They <laughs> And just sound like, all, just, all, like, did you run a 5K, bro? <laughs> That's how they sound, full time, full time. I was talking to Pastor Ty one day on the phone. He's like, bro, is your dog cool? Is he attacking somebody? I'm like, nah, he's just breathing. <laughs> Out here just choking on air. <laughs> it's like walking a little Louis Vuitton bag that just poops everywhere and smells everywhere. Should have known. You want a dog that listens, you get a golden retriever. Come on. <laughs> get a labradoodle. My dog doesn't listen. Sheep are the same way. Always wandering. Always scattering. Always doing other things besides listening to the shepherd. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And watch this. My sheep know my name. They're my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm not a bad shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Everyone is a shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Do you know him as cornerstone? I, 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 he's my foundation. I start with him. That's why it's the first point. I start with Jesus as my cornerstone, but he's also the good shepherd. When he calls you, do you follow him? How come we got so many church people out here doing whatever they want? Saying whatever you want. Living with whoever you want. Living without purpose. Living in fear. Because if Jesus was your good shepherd, that even in my fear, he would call you by name. You would know his name he would call your name and he would call you out of anxiety back to a place of courage and hope. Even when you're discouraged, he would lead you to courage. Even when you're lost and confused, if you know him as good shepherd, he will lead you to clarity and great purpose. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. And like the man from Ethiopia, you might have been to church, but do you know the name that's above every other name? In church, it's not in Christ. He wants to lead you as the good shepherd. Here's number three. Jesus is my cornerstone. Jesus is the good shepherd. And Jesus is the king of kings. He's my Lord. He's not just master, he's Lord. 
And 1 Timothy 6.15 says, yes, God will make his appearing in his own divine timing for he is the exalted God, the only powerful one, the king over every king and the Lord of power. He's the king of kings. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He's the king of all lords and he's the Lord of all kings. That means that every area of our lives need to submit to Jesus. Every area. And I think a lot of us are okay with Jesus being king of Sunday. Jesus, you could be king of my Bible study. You could be king of when I'm in a good mood. You could be king of my faith. You could be king of that day that I forgave my spouse. You could be king of Christianity, but can he be king of all the other kings in your life? The addiction king, that's the one that's trying to take over your life, that king. You know that king. How about the pornography king? That's the one that you don't want to tell anybody, but that's the king in your life. Is Jesus the king of all the kings in your life? Or is there one thing in your life that's above the rest? Is there one thing that's ruling and reigning and competing for lordship of your life? The pride king, the one that makes you feel better than everyone else. If you know Jesus, you need to know him as the the king of kings, who's lord over all. And you don't just give God a once a week type of relationship. You got got to know him intimately. And and when you know him as, as, as cornerstone, and I know him as good shepherd, and I know him as king of kings, he's lord over everything. Everything submits to Jesus at that point. And so we can't just play church. This season, look up here, this is not the year to be playing church. This is the year, this is the time, this is the season to know Jesus personally. He's my cornerstone foundation. He's my good shepherd, he leads me. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the lord over all. Everything submits to the name that's above every other name. He's the king of kings. Here's number four. When he becomes my cornerstone, when he becomes my good shepherd, when I know him as the king of kings, watch what he does. Jesus can be my prince of peace. This one's broken. Almost lost, I almost had a little, little lack of peace. <laughs> Jesus is the prince of peace. What's that mean? That means he's my shalom. Jesus is my shalom, perfect peace. Shalom was the greeting, it means peace be with you. Jesus is my shalom, let's say it together on the count of three, one, two, three, Jesus is my shalom. Jesus is my shalom, he's my prince of peace. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. After Jesus died and rose on Sunday, later that night he appeared to his disciples and the first thing he says, because they had the doors locked because they were scared. And so Jesus appears in the room suddenly and the first thing he says is, peace be with you. Two things come to my mind. If you died and suddenly reappeared, you better greet me with peace be with you. (laughs) So good job, Jesus. But I think we could also argue that 
Jesus isn't just saying, peace be with you. But I think we can also say that peace was with them the moment that Jesus walked into the room. Peace be with you. Because peace is with you. And how many of us go through our day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you came to church, but his peace isn't with you because you don't know him as the Prince of Peace. He's not with you when you go. Peace be with you. My question is, is the Prince of Peace with all of you? Do you know his name when the storms of life come? And man, do they come. They come all the time. Is the Prince of Peace with you when the relationship storm comes, when the financial storm rages? Do you call upon the Prince of Peace and say, Jesus over my finances? Do you speak the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, over your marriage storm? Jesus over my children. Jesus over my job loss. Jesus over my health. Jesus over my situation. Do you know him as Prince of Peace? Because he walks into the room today and he goes, peace be with you. Shalom. I hope you have peace, but if you have me and you know my name, if I'm with you, I am your peace. In fact, I'll do it right now. I just speak peace over the entire room. I speak peace over every single storm. I speak peace over whatever storm that you walked in. And you know your storm because you walked in it. And you brought it with you. And you're living in it. And maybe you've been to church for 15 times, 70 times, 18 times, but do you know Jesus as the Prince of Peace? He's the name that's above every other storm and he's the name that's above every other name. Here's number five. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. If I know him as my cornerstone, he's my foundation. If I, if I know him as the good shepherd, he's my leader. If I can know him as the king of kings, everything in my life submits to him. He's Lord of all. And then he gets to be my peace. He's the prince of peace. The moment I know Jesus walks in the room, I got peace with me. And he wants to go with me. But then he's the light of the world. The light of the world means that he's my hope. And John 8 verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more. And he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I, I love a good night light. Remember night lights? Yeah, maybe you still got them, I still got them. I recently installed some in the hallway because night lights are like, you need them when you're young and then when you get around 40, you need them again. Because <laughs> the bathroom's down there and it gets fuzzy. I like a good night light. Night lights have one purpose. They light up the dark. That's what they do. A night light allows you to see a specific destination that would have otherwise been in the dark. It helps you see things in the distance. That's all that Jesus wants to do for you and me. Jesus is the, the light of the world because he wants to help you and me see things that appear dark in the distance, but know, hey, there's a way out. There's a way I can go. If I know Jesus as light of the world that leads to the light of life, I can declare him as hopeful. He, he's my hope. 
I can be hopeful. I can see things that I wouldn't normally have seen. When life gets dark, he helps you see. If you lose the business, he promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Even when you get the cancer diagnosis in him, you have hope no matter the end result because he is the light that leads to life. But my heart breaks for the person that traveled 1,500 miles to come to church by chariot, or put it in our terms, an hour and 15 minutes by car and you fought traffic and it came all this way, but by some chance you're gonna leave today not knowing the name that's above every other name. Because I'm in church, but I'm not in Christ. Now's not the time, now's not the season. I gotta know him as my cornerstone. I gotta know him as my good shepherd, my leader. I I need to know him as king of kings, my prince of peace, the light of the world, he's my hope in times of darkness. And number six, my last one, Jesus is the lion and he's the lamb. He's the lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb, he's my salvation. That's all that means. It means that and it means more. In John 1, 29, it says, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, there he is. There he is, I see him, he's right there. The Lamb of God, he's the lion and he's the lamb. I'm a big uh, boxing, combat sports fan. There was a big fight last night. It was at the MGM Grand. And, And if you've been there or seen pictures, their logo is a great big giant golden lion. They got it out in front, they got it in the lobby, they got it as you walk in, big statue, and, and the, the, the symbolism behind a great big golden lion is one of strength, one of royalty, and one of victory. Strength, royalty, and victory, all things that Jesus is. He's the lion, but he's also the lamb. So how, how is if he's strength, if he's royalty, if he's victorious, how is he also the lamb? Well. For 1400 years, the people of God, they would worship and sacrifice a lamb, at least one family, one lamb, one time a year at Passover. And we know there's roughly 200 Israelites that left Egypt out of the hands of Pharaoh. And so we know there's at least 2 million people that for 1400 years would every year sacrifice a lamb in worship as payment for their sins. Come on, that's a lot of lambs. And so one day Jesus says, you know what? Father, that's enough. That's a lot of lambs. And then God sent his son, here's the gospel, to live the life that you and I were supposed to live over 2000 years ago. Also that he could die the death that you and I were supposed to die in our place. So that three days later, He could rise from the grave, conquering sin, death, the enemy, pain, suffering in your place. And he offers the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sin for anyone who would repent and believe in him. Payment for your sin. He's the lion and he's the lamb. Look, the lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. God said, that's enough. And that's why we gave you name tags today. Because 
God loves that name. He loves this name. He knows this name. And I, and, I, and I hope that you would meet someone next to you and I know what happened. And I know that moment you knew their name and you've been seeing them for seven months and it's too late to ask them their name because you see them every week. <laughs> Jesus. But most importantly, it was so that you know that God knows your name. Also that one day, maybe today, you would know his name, the name that's above every other name. Do you know his name? He's cornerstone, our foundation. Everything in alignment with him is good and true and right. He's the good shepherd. He wants to lead you. When he calls, do you answer? Because he knows your name. He wants you to know his. Is he the King of Kings? The Lord of Lords? Or is he just one of the kings? One of the Lords? Right next to all the other ones. But when you know him as King of Kings, everything else submits to him. He's the Prince of Peace comes into your life and says, peace be with you, shalom. Peace be with you. And if you know my name, peace goes with you. He's the light of the world. Man, my life has been tough lately. My relationships have been hard. Our diagnosis, the health thing, the family thing, the heart thing, the, the money thing, the house thing, the thing thing. But I know Jesus is the light of the world. And I can see past the darkness to the light. And he's the lion. And he's the lamb. Behold, there he is. The lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes together. Someone's gonna give their life to Jesus in this moment. And so we just wanna honor that this time. Someone's gonna take a step further in their relationship with God. Because maybe you traveled a long distance to get here. And for whatever reason you feel like you've had to be on the outskirts and just listen in and wonder, what are they talking about? Is what they're talking about applicable to my life? Is the God that they worship the God that I can worship? I came a long way to get here. And so there's two prayers today. There's one for the first time believer that's saying, I didn't even know what I was doing until I got here today, but now I know I want to give my life to Jesus. And then I want to get baptized. And the second prayer the second call is for the person that says, man, I've been playing church, but I'm not in Christ. I'm in church a lot, but I'm hardly in Christ. 
And so if you're one of those two groups of people, I want you to pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart and just pray, dear God, I, I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I've fallen short. I admit that I've done it my own way for a long time. But today I believe that you live for me, that you died for me. And on the cross, you paid for my sins. I believe that you're the cornerstone. I believe you're the good shepherd, the king of kings, the prince of peace, the light of the world. And I believe you are the lion and the lamb. And I confess you now as Lord of all. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Give me a new heart. Give me new eyes to see as only you see. Give me a new mind to think the way that you think. Give me peace where there wasn't peace. I love you. Now, as everybody's heads are bowed and your eyes are still closed, if you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up so we can see you. We want to celebrate you. We want to pray a blessing over you. Let us know in the chat if you're watching this at a later time or watching online, you prayed that prayer on the count of three to give your life to Jesus, to surrender to Jesus, to make Jesus the name that's above every other name in your life. One, two, three, hands going up right now all across the room. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Good, 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 good. Awesome, awesome. Heather, Father, we bless you and we praise you. We thank you for every single hand that went up today. Every single person that's saying, yes, Jesus, I'm making you Lord of all. I'm stepping into a new relationship with you and I'm declaring that there's no other name than the name of Jesus. There's no one like my God. There's no one like my savior. There's no one like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no one like the, the good shepherd. He's leading me now. And so Lord, thank you that we can declare that. And we bless every person. Give them a new life. Give them a new mind. All that they need and more, Lord. Would you fill them up right now to overflowing? We bless them. We praise you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. The name that's above every other name. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, and amen.